the impossible, the impossible is often the impossible is often the untried. The impossible is often the untried. A lot of people say this is impossible, so they don't even try it. So, so we stop the gift that's been given into us because it says we can do all things through You're quiet out there. We can do all things through. Strength. You strengthen us. Boy, it didn't take you that long to get it. <laughs> Maybe we'll start a new class. <sighs> Beginner's class. <laughs> no. Let's uh, go ahead and pray. Father, we're praising you. We just give you thanks. We thank you, Lord, that this is the day, Father God, that we can celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Having victory over the grave. The devil and hell, Father God, we praise you. We just give you thanks that he's alive, Father God, and Father God, that he's at the throne room, Father God interceding for each and every one of us, Father God. And I thank you, Lord, that we can have our eyes open to greater measures. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, uh, John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Jesus was first introduced to the people by John the Baptist. And he said these words, John chapter 1, verse 29. That's John chapter 1, verse 29. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, this is what he said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is the first introduction of Jesus. The Lamb. of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. We are, well, we began last week on Palm Sunday, and we looked at a few things. So, um, go to John chapter 19 at this point, and we'll kind of continue, pick up from there. John chapter 19. And the last introduction that Jesus had was performed by Pilate, the Roman, Roman governor, to present Jesus to a riotous crowd who clamored for his crucifixion. And look what Pilate says. John chapter 19, looking at verse 14. John 19, verse 14, the latter part, but we'll read the whole thing. And it was the preparation of the Passover and about the sixth hour. And he said unto the Jews, who's speaking? Pilate, behold your king. Behold your king. Pilate, uh, in his coward, cowardly act, uh, failed to perceive, uh, perceive, failed to, 
I'll get the word out, perceive that Jesus was indeed the King of kings and Lord of lords. Pilate most likely spoke these words, Behold your king. Um, although they were truthful words, he said them with, in a scornful way uh, to the riotous mob uh, that hated Jesus. Now, last week we took a little sidestep. We're going to take another sidestep. Remember last week, the sidestep was that on the other side, the west side of Jerusalem, Pilate was coming in with a reinforcement, a garrison of soldiers, while Jesus came from, uh, was coming into Jerusalem from the east side. So this is another sidestep. Uh, at the trial here, uh, Pilate had an opportunity to release a prisoner at this time. So he asked, which prisoner should be released? Jesus, Barabbas, or Jesus, who is called the Messiah? They chose Jesus, the Barabbas. You'll find that in some texts, they write it that way, Jesus the Barabbas. So Barabbas had the first name of Jesus. Isn't that a coincidence? Okay. The crowd said, uh, release unto us Jesus to be crucified by the Roman government. Jesus the Messiah. Now, Barabbas, the last name Barabbas, Jesus Barabbas, the last name his last name means son of the father. Son of the father. So Pilate gave up one Jesus for another Jesus. One son of the father for the son of the father. Barabbas, Jesus Barabbas, was a murderer, a thief, an insurrectionist, which would make him Spiritually, the son of the devil. And Barabbas was set free. And Jesus, the son of God, was sentenced to death by crucifixion at the cross. Now, we've all seen pictures of it, and, and I think some of us have seen the movie The Passion. The cross was an instrument to, to bring a painful, horrific death but the cross now brings life. Amen. The cross now causes one to come alive. The cross was an instrument of judgment. Now that cross causes us to be released from judgment. The cross was an object of Transformation, evil transformation, oh, the cross was an evil object. Now it's transformed into the most powerful sign of love the world has ever seen. Jesus changed it all. Glory to God. Okay. It was common in, in those days, or it was a custom in those days, that when a criminal was to be executed, they put a brief description over the cross, and we noticed what we saw that what, what uh, Pilate uh, wrote uh, the sign on the on uh, over the uh, criminal's uh, cross. Let the passers buyers know what what he was condemned for. 
And so they w can understand why that guy was an uh, insurrectionist or he was a murderer, and that's why he's being uh, nailed to the cross. But on Jesus' cross, it just said, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. And it was written in three different languages. So if you look at uh, John chapter 19, did we get there? Verse 20. Oh, let's go to verse 19. And Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross. And the writing was Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. This title then read many of the Jews for the place where Jesus was crucified was nigh to the city. And it was written in Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. Wow. Three languages, three different languages. We'll bring it. Turn it around. Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. Uh, perhaps the reason was to allow everyone in the crowd to read it. If you didn't understand the Greek writing, you could maybe understand it in Latin. If you're not Latin, you could maybe read it in Hebrew. Um, uh, so the, the crowd could read this. And Jerusalem was packed at this time because of the Passover, the Passover uh, uh, celebration, the Jewish Passover. Uh, the Greek, Latin, and Hebrew uh, were the three greatest languages of the, at, of the world at that time. Greek, Latin, and Hebrew were the, were the three greatest languages of the world at that time. Each represented an era of history, such as symbolized their great achievements in the world. So what great achievements did the Greeks have, the Latins have, and the Hebrews had? Uh, for the Greek, it was the language and culture and science. Uh, the language of men and letters and providence would have it. It was claiming Jesus was king over the realm of culture and science. We go to Latin. Latin was the official language of the day because it was a had the civil law, the, the politics of the Roman government were involved. And province, again, proclaims Jesus to be king over all the realms of all governments. All right, glory to God. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Hebrew, the last one. Hebrew was the national language of Israel. This is where they were. The language that revealed the true religion, and it was given by the law of the prophets. Providence claims Jesus to be king in the realm of religion, the spiritual realm. Glory to God. And today's culture and today's culture, the education, law, government, and ethics are much like that of yesterday on the day of Jesus' crucifixion. The rejection of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You see that across the world today. Uh, destroy Christians um, in our country, which was established on Christian principles. They're wanting to take what down? Take away the, the, the Ten Commandments. Take the crosses down. Don't let anybody see the crosses. It's disgusting what we have um, fallen into. As believers, we need to behold our king in his full glory. Amen? So we'll look at it in this way. Number one, behold our king 
in the council of eternity. John chapter 1. Behold our king. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the foundation from the foundation of the world. Jesus was ordained to be King of kings and Lord of lords. Glory to God. He was clothed in flesh and walked as a man on earth. Neither his life ministry nor his death upon the cross was an accident. It was planned. Number two, behold your king in the manger. Well, it started there in this aspect. Uh, Isaiah chapter 7. In Isaiah chapter 7, verse, where is it? 14, therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. In being interpreted, God with us. So God would be with us as a babe in the manger. Um, and then go to Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. That's Isaiah 9, 6 this time. For unto us a child is born, unto a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Glory to God. Then let's go to Matthew. We're going to travel in, in your Bible this morning. Matthew chapter 2. Verses 1 and 2, Matthew 2, 1 and 2. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Wise men were seeking the Lord. Those that are wise will always seek the Lord. Now turn with me to the book of Luke. And chapter 2. That's Matthew, Mark, then Luke. Luke chapter 2. Verse 13 and 14. We're looking at the manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to, to God and the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. So there was an, an angelic announcement at, at his birth. Number three, behold our king who is among the crowds. Matthew chapter 9. In Matthew chapter 9. What did our king see in the crowds? Matthew 9, verse 36. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. 
When our king stood in the presence of humans, he saw our needs and our sorrows. His heart, like I said, was filled with compassion. He did not turn his eyes nor ears away from the needs of a troubled world or a troubled people. He was prepared to help us. Glory to God. Our king was deeply moved by, by spiritual depression of the people as they were scattered abroad as sheep with no shepherd. First Peter chapter 2. That's First Peter chapter 2. Looking at verse 25. For we were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of our souls. Glory to God. He pulled us in. Amen. Glory to God. Again, our king sees and sympathizes with the shepherdless souls, those that are still lost. And going, backing up, and we will go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, that tells us He's always concerned about his sheep. Hebrews 13, verse 8, Jesus Christ. That's Hebrews 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's always looking for the lost, wanting to bring us into the fold. Fourthly, our king was a teacher in the classroom. John chapter 7, what made him so great? John chapter 7, in the book of John chapter 7. In the classroom, John chapter 7, verse 46. The officer answered, never man spake like this man. He had words that were deep, penetrating, and understanding. Matthew chapter 7. In Matthew chapter 7, we find, oh, glory to God. Again, speaking of the Jesus as a teacher or as a rabbi, he taught them as having authority. Matthew 7, verse 29. He, for he taught them as one having authority, not as scribes. He showed them what was the truth. He didn't say, didn't allude to things. He spoke it out. Glory to God. As a teacher... He came to lead men to true, truth and complete knowledge in the character of God. John chapter 14. Oops. John chapter 14. I got, we're moving along rapidly. Keep up with me. John chapter 14. We're going to look at verses 8 and 9. He wanted to show us the, the character. John 14, 8. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us thy father, and, and it will suffice us. Verse 9. Jesus said unto him, 
have I not have I been so long with time with you, and yet you know not know me not? Philip, he that hath seen me hath seen the Father, and how saith the Son when he showeth the Father? So he Jesus showed the characteristics of the Father through his life, his love, his compassion, his willing to be a servant to you and I, to mankind, to bring us up out of the depths and actually almost unequal to him because we were at creating his image and likeness. And he wanted us to come back to that position. Glory to God. John chapter 1 again. Go back to John chapter 1. John chapter 1, verse, looking at verse 18. No man, that's John chapter 1, verse 18. No man has seen the Father at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. Glory to God. So Jesus shows us the heart of the Father. Go now with me to the book of Luke, back up to the book of Luke, chapter 10. In Luke chapter 10, going to verse 27, Jesus reveals man's duty towards God. Verse 27, Luke 10, 27, and he, and he answered and said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. So God reveals our, our duty towards men and God. Hallelujah. Now turn with me to the book of Philippians. God reveals certain things. The book of Philippians, chapter 1. This is the believer's purpose. This is our purpose. He gives us our purpose. Philippians chapter 1, beginning verse 27. Let thy conversation be as becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come to see you or be absent, that I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together in the faith of the gospel. So that's our purpose to have one spirit striving to have one mind and have the faith in the gospel. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I have a blank page. Something happened. Philippians chapter 2. We're looking at the believer here at this point. Philippians chapter 2, looking at verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which also in Christ Jesus. So this is our pattern for life. We need to have the mind of Christ. Amen. Philippians chapter 3. This is the believer's prize for doing the right things. 
Philippians chapter 3, verse 14, I press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Follow through on the high calling. You can't beat it. In Philippians chapter 4, this is our provision. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now unto, unto God our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Glory to God. Jesus also taught us how to be successful in human relationships. Go with me to the book of Luke. Once again, we'll go to the book of Luke. And we'll go to the sixth chapter. What did he teach us? You'll wonder on this one. Luke chapter 6, verse 37, Jesus says, Judge not. Whoa, whoa, this is a success for human relationships. Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. That's the relationships. Taught us how to have good relationships. Amen. I hope we're all doing these things. These things have been established in us. Now, our king on the cross of Calvary. Let's go to the book of Mark. Go to chapter 10. This is his purpose. This was his central purpose. Our king on the cross of Calvary. Bless you back there. Mark chapter 10, looking at verse 45. Even the son came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life for a ransom of many. That was his purpose. To minister and to give his life for us. Wow, you are that important. Well, some of us don't. I don't uh, we need to start esteeming ourselves a little bit better than what uh, we've been dragging ourselves through the mud on and dragging our, uh, bringing up the old self because once we've been born again, hey, we've got new, a new purpose. Glory to God. Look at that. For even the Son of Man came not to minister, came not to be ministered unto, but to minister to and to give life, give his life a ransom for many. Receive it. Amen. Uh, let's go to Romans since we're. This is what happened on the cross. Well, not what exactly happened on the cross, but what takes place, or what took place, why it took place. Um, Romans chapter 6. This is, at the cross, we see the seriousness of sin, the seriousness of sin. Romans chapter 6, verse 23, for this, wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So the wages of sin is death. He took away the wages of sin and gave us life through the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's, that's how serious it was or is sin. If we get bound by it, we're, we, we get lost. And back up to chapter 3. In chapter 3, verse... 
This is the justice of God revealed. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's the justice. We've all sinned. We're finished. <clears throat> but going to back up to the gospel and go through the gospel of John. Glory to God. Chapter 3. This is God's love and demonstra God's demonstration of love. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world should through him might be saved. Glory to God. That's God's love demonstrated. Turn with me now to 1 Corinthians. What happened at the cross? 1 Corinthians chapter 15. First Corinthians chapter 15, looking at verse 3. For I deliver unto you first of all that which I received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Sin is covered by Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Second Corinthians chapter 5, we're looking at verse 21. For he hath made him to be sin for us. Wow. <clears throat> our sin is removed. Who knew no sin, that we might be the righteousness of God in him. A substitute. He became our substitute. And he took our place that we might take his place. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Be, be cleansed. And 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. In 1 Peter chapter 1 we see. That are, again, uh, that our sins are covered. First, uh, First Peter chapter 1, verses 18. Begin with verse 18. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation or lifestyle received by uh, tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and spot. Glory to God. That's what we have. The precious blood of the Lord covered us. And that sin has been removed. Wow. Without blemish or without spot. Glory to God. At Calvary, we also see the basic of God's hope of redemption for us. He had no other plan. He didn't say, well, if this doesn't work, we've got a plan B to go to. No, he didn't say that. We only have one plan. The plan is always, God's plans are always successful. We just have to follow, follow through on it, and we'll be successful. Amen? Glory to God. 
Here at Calvary, men, women, have to make a decision that determines their eternal destiny. John chapter 14. John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Beginning with verse 1, John chapter 14. Jesus is returning. John 14, 1. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Glory to God, hallelujah. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Glory to God. Get ready. He's just finishing up on someone's home. And we're going to be out here. Acts chapter 1. In Acts chapter 1. Oh, glory. Looking at verse 11, Acts chapter 111. Which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which was taken up from you into heaven, shall also come in like manner as, he ha as ye have seen him go into the heavens. He's coming back. Prepare. Prepare. Glory to God. You know, on Palm Sunday, they, they, they did what? They prepared his entry. They were ready. We have to be ready. Glory to God. Revelation... Well, no, let's go to Philippians 2 first. Go to Philippians chapter 2. Once again, Philippians chapter 2. Our king is coming. Philippians chapter 2, verse, beginning with verse 8. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name that, which is above every name, that every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and have things on the earth, in heaven and earth, pardon me, and things under earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And now, uh, Revelation chapter 1, the last book. In Revelation chapter 1, now let's begin with verse 5. That's Revelation 1 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, unto the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our 
sins in his own blood. He hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Verse 7. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierce him, and all kings of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come. Amen. He's coming again. Glory to God in power and might. You know, uh, for our Jewish brothers and sisters, much of the Old Testament is still a puzzle to them. Because they, they read in there that the Messiah or their Messiah. Well, in fact, they, they, they have two Messiahs in Scripture. We'll point that out maybe next week. Get a, don't get ahead of myself. Okay? Okay, glory to God. It is written. Praise God. He's coming again. Are you ready? We is moving out fast today. You get you could get out there to your destination if you got something in the in the oven. You can crank up the heat on it or pull it out or whatever you have. You're prepared to have a celebration, a feast. Okay. And I see that we are going to have communion this morning. Hallelujah. And for the Jews, remember that their Passover, they had how many pieces of matzah? Hello? They had three pieces of matzah bread at at the table. And they took the middle one out. And they broke it. And you remember what they did with that? Do you recall what we did? They hit it. They wrapped it in fine linen. And they hid it. And they asked, they, ha- they, they could not continue the Passover meal until someone found it. They thought maybe. The matzah bread was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So I said, why, why, why did we break Isaac in half? But we know that according to scriptures, Jesus is the one who was broken. And until they, they found, they gave it usually for the youngest person to find the matzah, and then when they found it, they, had, they had great joy and they can fulfill the, the Passover meal. Glory to God. I'm glad that Jesus fulfilled the destiny that he had. 
to give us true life. When we find him, we can rejoice. We have fullness of life. Amen? Okay. So get prepared. We're going to start the communion service. And what a day to have communion. Think about it. A day to receive the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper. Let's say we looked at it as it. Resurrection Sunday. Glory to God. The day that brought victory. Independence. Glory to God. Joy and a transformation to each and every one of us. Think about it. Uh, the communion service will... Looks, uh, well, but let's go to, well, we've read it a number of times, but you, uh, that's 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And beginning in verse 23, Paul says, I have received of the Lord what I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take ye, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. And the same manner also he took the cup, and when he had supped, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. Do this as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Remembrance. What took place? Amen. Glory to God. The communion service, or a communion service. We should remember, too, there's fellowship as we take it together. Three, there's thanksgiving for what he did. Four, we need to proclaim it. Five, he says there should be a self-examination. Find out where you're at. And if we need to clean up our acts, we need to clean it. Take 1 John 1, 1 9 and take, take communion service. And then there should be a celebration. He's not going to do this until he returns. This, this may be our last communion as it is. And the next one we'll have, he'll be at the head of the table performing and blessing it as we partake. Amen? So uh, just, let's just go ahead and file up and pick, pick up our emblems. And when you have all your emblems together, we will... Uh, Received together. This do in remembrance of me. Hallelujah. I just want to look at two scriptures. You don't have to turn there. In Psalms 77. In verse 11 and 12. I will remember thy works of the Lord. right? I'll remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy works. I will meditate also of all thy works and talk of thy doings. Remember, remember these things. And also in Psalms, Psalms chapter 25 verses 6 and 7. Well, let's start with verse 5. Lead me in, in thy truth and teach me, teach me, for thou art 
the God of my salvation. On thee, on thee do I wait all day. Remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies and thy loving kindness, for they have been forever. Remember not the sins of my youth, nor the transgressions according to thy mercy. Remember thou me for thy goodness, O Lord. He wants us to remember the great things. So, Father, we thank you, we praise you, we thank you, Lord, that this communion service, Father God, has its beginning, has its roots in the Passover, Father God. The Passover of the Lamb. And as John the Baptist says, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. This bread represents the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, beaten, bruised, and stripes laid upon him, Father God. And all that his body took, Father God, to redeem us, Father God, from the curse. So, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks for this bread. And, Father, we now take the cup. The cup, which Jesus said, starts the New Testament, the New Covenant. His blood does not just cover the sin, but it removes it, Father God. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, that we are not stained by sin any longer, but we've been washed in the blood and we receive that blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we all stand? Once again, happy Resurrection Day. The tomb is empty. Praise God, he's alive. Rejoice today. Hoping that each and every one of you have a great meals. Unless it's all day meal. <laughs> but have a great meal. The Lord be with you. Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks. That you've so loved us that you gave your, your son to die for us, to remove the guilt of sin, the corruption, Father God, that followed sin. So, Father, we praise you. Just give you thanks. We are the redeemed. We say so. And we bless you for it. Amen.